Amen. If you would, pull out your listening sheets that look like this. They were in your bulletin. And at the top is our text for today. We're going to read that out loud uh, together. This then is the text for today. No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid in Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. With enough intense heat, most everything will liquefy. One we know well is chocolate. Chocolate melts at 97 degrees Fahrenheit, right? If you hold a Hershey's bar in your hand, it's going to turn to muck pretty quickly, isn't it? But, but more than, than chocolate, just about everything will melt in the right heat. Plastic, somewhere around 464 degrees. Aluminum will melt at about 1,220 degrees. Even gold will melt at about 1,945 degrees. You see, with enough heat, it all melts away. That's the premise for today's text. That our God controls the intense heat of our universe. Our God controls all of it, even the core of the sun, 27 million degrees, God's in control. God spoke that fiery star into existence with a single phrase. All the power and pent-up energy of our boiling sun is as a candle to our God. A single breath can extinguish that flame. And that is to say, the unimaginable heat of the sun brings life to the earth. We, we know and we, we see how the sun brings this great growth all around us. Even in our own lives, the sun brings us life. But, but all of the life that is brought at the power of the sun is by the hand of our God. It's our God who's always been in control, in control of the complete solar system. It's our God who's in control of every inkling of life that has ever existed, which brings us to the church, the church herself. The church is her own life that God brought forth out of this world. You see, our text for today is a difficult one because our natural tendency, really with all Scripture, but, but especially this Scripture, is to make it a, a, about us, to make it personal, about ourselves. But 1 Corinthians 3 is not about us as individuals. It's about the church. It, it's about the complete global church 
And it's about this local body of believers right here this morning. Right? We're not a gathering of some random people who happened into this place. You are set apart by God to come into this church this morning. You didn't just happen to show up. You didn't just happen to watch on TV this morning, but God ordained it from before the earth was formed that you would be in this holy church this morning. God is at work in all of this. The, the church is, is a unique life of God that we are ex, to experience together. See, and this is, this is Paul part of God's plan that he does not intend for us to walk through this life alone. See, by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit resides in us and with us, and at the same time, we have the church. We have our church family that we are in this together. Now, there's a difficulty here, though. The difficulty is that in not being left alone in this world, that, that in Christ we're brought uh, into this church and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that those relationships bring with them a new accountability into our lives that's unlike anything else in this world. Right, in these new relationships by the power of the Holy Spirit and the relationships that we form in church, what that means is we are no longer allowed to be self-centered. We're no longer allowed to be self-indulgent. We're no longer allowed to be self-sufficient because we are a part of a body. We are a part of the greater body of Jesus Christ who brought us together to do this work in this place with one another, never alone. Right, these new relationships in, in, in the church and by the Holy Spirit bring a new standard of holiness. And that's, that's right now. Today, there's a new standard of holiness and obedience that we have with one another to our God. That's right now. But as the scripture reminds us here, there is a fire coming. God like the sun, brings an intense heat that cannot be directed. And this intense heat of God does one of two things, right? As, as we approach the intense heat of God or the intense heat of God approaches us, it either purifies us or it incinerates us. It's one or the other. There are no other options there. Those two things are out in front of us. In, in the end, uh, that's all that we'll be left with. And, and practically, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing here in the church today, purifying that which will stand and incinerating that which will not. And so that's the question that Scripture sets before the church this morning. And as Scripture sets that question before the church, it's setting before you as an individual. Are we working towards things that are eternal or are we wasting our lives away with busy work? Because it's the things that are eternal that will withstand this intense heat of God. It's the things of eternal that will last. It's the things that are eternal that, that bring great fruit into our lives. And yet even still, the, the church herself, we get caught up in a lot of busy work. Right, in the end, the intense heat of God will reveal the truth of our labor. 
See, we can hide behind masks and busy work for years on this earth. Even the church hide behind masks and busy work. But in one second, the intense heat of God will melt it all away. And what are we left with? You see, when God established us here as a church in downtown San Antonio, God set a plan in motion to mold us into the perfect church. Now, to be clear, we don't have that market corner. This, this is a call on every church. It's the same for each and every church in this city and beyond. But God's intentions were for us to be perfected, to be purified by the power of the Holy Spirit into something this world has never seen before. Because you see that it's only in this purity and obedience and holiness that we will be the mighty, glorious reflection of God that we need to be. In fact, for this church to do a mighty work in this city, it's in this purity, it's in our obedience, it's in the holiness that God brings down to us. That's when we'll see the power of our God and be something this world has never seen before. Now, let me tell you, there's some specific ways that God is molding churches toward perfection. You see those uh, early in our text for today, one with uh, Paul and Apollos. God nurtured his church through godly leaders and through relationships. See, God has sent countless people into this church and countless people into our lives to do the work of the kingdom of God. God has nourished us through those people. And that means for us that not a single one of us in this room is self-made. Not a single one of us got here on our own this morning. We got here because God has nurtured relationships and godly men and women in our lives. And certainly, this church herself is not the legacy of a single man. Right, when we walk through this hallway that's right over here, you, you walk down the hallway and you see all those beautiful pictures lined up of 20 past senior pastors that have served faithfully in this church. But this church doesn't belong to any one of them. They were all faithful servants of God sent here to do the work of the kingdom. And that's what they did. God sent them here to nourish and they nourished. And we are better for it. But let me remind you that this nourishment of people and relationships that God is sending the church goes far beyond senior pastor. In fact, the other relations in the church may be more important than any senior pastor. Because it's the relationships that we build all along the way that keep us going. It's these relationships that perfect us into something greater than we could ever been ourselves. You see, without the relationships, we remain self-sufficient. We remain selfish. We remain self-centered. It's the relationships around us that grow us and expand us into something greater. You see, without those relationships, this whole place would be incinerated. Without good and godly people in our lives, it all begins to melt away. So that's one way God's perfecting the church. But, but it's even more than relationships. One of the ways that God is perfecting the church is, is through the heart of the message. Paul has been reminding us all through the book of 1 Corinthians already that we have a singular talking point. Out of each of our mouths, out of the doors into the city, we have one single talking point. 
Jesus Christ crucified. That's it. Paul said, that's what I preach. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And in fact, in, in just a little bit, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. And as we take the Lord's Supper together, we're doing something unique, something that the world might call foolish, that we're remembering a horrific act. We're remembering the humiliation of our Savior and our Lord who went to the cross to bear our sins. And all of that is humiliating. A Savior on a cross, a a church that can't keep from sinning, but that's what Christ did. You see, there, there are many who don't want to talk about Christ on the cross in this world. They'd rather read the Beatitudes or talk about something more pleasant. They surely would rather not talk about their own sin. They'd rather talk about the good thing they did that one time. But what we unashamedly acknowledge in this place is Christ went to the cross because we are sinners. See, I hope you understand that it's easier for the church to get into the self-help business or it's easier for the church to get into the community building business. But those false hopes burn up fast near the intense heat of our God. See, God is perfecting the church. He's bringing the right people together in this place. He's getting the right message in front of us. And when we get the the right people together and the right message in front of us, it spurs us on to do the right work for the kingdom of God. That we are collectively, each one of us in here, are to build up the church together. You see, it's easy for us to get comfortable around the right people. The right people make us comfortable. And once we get the, the right truth set out in front of us, it's easy for us to take the truth and the people and just kind of hunker down and be here for ourselves. But it's God's perfecting hand that pushes us further towards eternal work, further towards the labor that matters. You see, God is is doing a good work in this place, pushing us, stretching us, making us pure and holy as his church should be. You see, Paul uh, practically lays out in verse 12 all these different kinds of building materials. Some are going to burn quickly in an instant like a piece of tissue. Others will withstand the scorching heat like a railroad spike. And he's, he's challenging us this morning, all of us in this room, to consider the work of our hands in relationship to this church. That if we had to look back over the last year or the last two years, how would you classify your building materials in the church? You know, all of us have been working one way or another around here. We're either piling up straw in the corner or we're placing brick after brick upon the cornerstone. See, the intense heat of God is coming in close and it's going to completely reveal your work around here. It's not just my work. It's not just Don's work. But but it's together, it's all of us. It's it's your work too that that God is going to reveal in this great intense heat. And will this fiery test purify your work or incinerate it into nothing? Just last month, uh, NASA launched a mission to touch the sun. 
which is a bit of a stretch uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because the sun burns at a temperature that only God can touch. And two, they're not really going to the sun. In fact, their plan is to get 3.9 million miles away from the sun. Now, the NASA scientists tell us this is, this is wonderful. This, this, is, this is as close as anybody's ever been by far. In fact, when they were describing this last month, they used a football analogy. They said 3.9 million miles. It's like being in the red zone, right? That you're, you're, we're at the five-yard line. We're, we're about to reach out and touch the sun. And so in about five years, that's how long it takes to travel, the Parker Solar Probe will touch the sun from four million miles away. And the heat that's radiating from the sun at four million miles away will be 2,500 degrees. An intense heat that will melt away most anything except this 4.5 inch thick carbon composite solar shield that they've put on the exterior of the solar probe. See, here's the deal. NASA has been preparing for 60 years for this mission, but they haven't been able to do it for 60 years because they didn't have the materials. They didn't have anything that wouldn't burn up that close to the sun. But in the last couple of years, scientists have been able to create um, these heat-resistant materials out of metals and ceramics and elements and other things. And, and these materials that they've made can withstand 7,000 degrees of heat. And so because of that hard work, in about five years, NASA will get seven times closer to the sun than anyone has ever been. And so the hope is the, the materials will hold up and they'll collect data that no one has ever seen before. In, in fact, they expect the data that they collect to defy physics as we know it. But here's the reality. The reality is one wrong turn or an inch too close to the sun and the whole thing burns up like tissue paper in a bonfire. See, here, here's, here's the deal before us this morning. You, you can keep God at arm's length for the time being w with your masks, with all your assessment and reassessment of your life, with all your questions with your schedule and everything that's going on right now, you can keep God at arm's length for the time being. You can stay four million miles away from God this morning to sort of try to get things together. But that luxury doesn't last forever. Soon the intense heat of God is going to reveal your life for what it really is. And it's coming soon. And so we have a responsibility in the church to get ready and get to work. God's doing a mighty work by his spirit in this place and he's calling all of us to gather in together as the church and get to work. To start building on the foundation that has already been laid. Start building on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the prophets and the apostles and the preachers that have come before us and the church members that have been in this church for over a hundred years. There is a, a strong foundation in place that we have before us where, where God is saying, it's time to get to work. Let's get our hands dirty and do good eternal work together. Let's do work that lasts because we've only got a short time. And so in that short time, we're gonna do what God has called us to do.
May we prepare our hearts and do what is right this morning. We're going to start our response time a little bit different this morning. We have the supper that's before us. In fact, deacons, if you will go ahead and begin to, to prepare the table and, and the elements that are before us. And so I, I want to encourage us because in, uh, later in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that we don't take uh, of the cup and the bread without first examining our hearts. And he's telling us this morning, there are things that need to be repented of in this room before you take of the cup. But we're going to take a minute here and, and pray and, and ask God for uh, forgiveness of those things you need um, forgiveness for. But I want us to expand it a little bit this morning. As you pray for yourself and the things that are in your heart that need to be uh, handed over to God, think too of this church. There may be uh, relationships and there may be things that have happened within the church that you need to repent of. Maybe even the church as a whole, there needs to be some kind of corporate repentance of the sins of the church together. Things that we haven't done that we should have or things that we did that we shouldn't have. Whatever they are, whatever they're in your heart this morning, go to God and ask him for forgiveness, individually or corporately for us. So we're gonna take a moment uh, and just pray silently and say, God, forgive us and prepare us for the table. So let's pray and then I'll close us in prayer. Lord, we know that we are a broken and dying people, desperately in need of a Savior. Thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for being our Redeemer, because without you, we would be lost and abandoned. But because of you, we are saved and we are forgiven. By the blood of the Lamb, we have been made whole and pure. We praise your holy name. It is in that name of Jesus Christ that we pray this morning. Amen.